Good morning again, ladies and gentlemen. We're going to try this again with the weekly walkthrough. It is 11.30 in the morning, and I am Nick Callen alongside me virtually, Ethan Salm. Ethan, how are you doing again? Oh, I'm good. You know, I'm happy to be here. I'm happy that we are uh, on the air now, and I'm excited to talk about the NFL. It's good to be here, and uh, thank you to you for being in the studio again today producing the show. Uh, it's nice to be on air. I heard you've done some production over the past couple of days with a couple of Mizzou sporting events. Awesome stuff. Good work. Yeah, you know, you think it would have, uh, you think it would have really prepared me for the malfunctions I've dealt with today, but it did not. Nevertheless, we're still here and we're going to preview the NFL for this week because it is an exciting NFL slate, and there are a lot of headlines that we wanted to get into, and we are going to get into. So, let's get right into it. What did we have? What did we have first on the slate? Because a lot of a lot of huge storylines came up this week. Uh, we have the Lions taking care of both their head coach and general manager this week, firing both of them after an underwhelming uh, term by both of them in charge of the Detroit Lions. Matt Patricia, of course, and Bob Quinn uh, both fired this week. So, what do you think about that? I mean. Matt Patricia, just one of the one of the other Belichick prodigies that have really failed. I mean, there's been about ten that have gotten those head coaching jobs. Maybe just a handful, maybe two or three of them have have, have had winning records, and it it kind of shows maybe Belichick, when it comes to mentoring play, mentoring coaches, he isn't necessarily putting them in the best position to succeed when they do get that head coaching job. So that's something to think yeah. about. Go ahead. Yeah, the Belichick, the Belichick coaching tree is it has not cracked up to be all that. I mean, obviously, we haven't seen fully what you know someone like Brian Flores in Miami can do just with the amount of talent that he has. You know, not been able to have, and he's finally starting to get a good team together, and they're looking pretty good at least as of this year. Uh, but but you're right. You know, Matt Patricia was supposed to be someone that could help change the Lions, and he didn't do that. And he was actually been worse than Jim Caldwell, who they fired for him. And it's just disappointing, not only for the Lions, but but for just for like the the Belichick coaching tree that you've you've seen. Like you've seen more out of out of your Andy Reid coaching tree with you know Super Bowls by people like Doug Peterson and stuff like that, rather than than the Belichick coaching tree. And that's exactly right. You have seen much more production out of the Andy Reid, more specifically, like you said, Doug Peterson winning the title. And just all across the board, it's been it's been pretty impressive for what Andy Reid's been able to do, and that should grow come next off season when Eric Bieniemy can hopefully get a head coaching job somewhere soon. But I mean, where just do you in, think the Lions go from here? The Lions, I mean, they needed to get rid of him. I thought that was long overdue at that point. Granted, he hasn't had the job a long time, but since he's walked through the door. The team has just really struggled. I don't know his total record, but they have really struggled. And it's just proving that the Lions as an organization have historically destroyed their younger talent and gotten rid of it and pretty much disrupted any growth they can have with them. You saw it with Barry Sanders. He retired very young. Calvin Johnson, big reason he retired. They had Ndamukong and Sue and Matthew Stafford all at the same time, and they didn't really do anything besides maybe one playoff appearances, maybe a couple, but it's just been a very disappointing tenure for the Detroit Lions just as a whole. Yeah, I mean, you're right, and they have and they have good players too. They have Matt Stafford. He's a good player. 
They have, you know, wide receivers, Kenny Galladay and Marvin Jones. That's a pretty good duo. I mean, it's not the best, obviously, but it's a pretty solid duo. TJ Hawkinson at tight end, they've got the offensive talent to win, but it's just not happening. It's just not happening up there. I mean, and, and you're right, it is absolutely sad, sad to see them, you know, you know, always at the bottom of the division like they are, and it's, it is just tough to see. But I wonder, one, who they'll bring in, and two, if it changes anything for the Lions. Because as you said, They've now had decades upon decades upon decades of it doesn't matter who's in charge. The Lions are always someone who you're like, wow, they're bad. <laughs> and they aren't able to win football games. And they're always at the bottom of the NFC North. And, and it's just it's just the way it is. And I wonder if this time we'll see anything change. But I'm not, you know, banking on that. No, I am not either. I don't see it changing much. But who knows? Anything is possible. But another storyline that really emerged was that Pittsburgh Steelers and Baltimore game that was supposed to be on Thanksgiving to, you know, highlight those pretty basic and pretty boring other Thanksgiving games with the Texans playing the Lions and then what? And then it was Washington and Dallas played. Yeah, pretty pretty uh pretty bad games, I would have to say. And yeah, but this is America, so we have to watch the Lions lose on Thanksgiving, and we have to watch the Cowboys lose on Thanksgiving. It's just tradition at this point. It, it, it is yeah, just it, tradition. It is. And it is sad that that game got canceled, because that was supposed to be the centerpiece of, of football on Thanksgiving. And, you know, I don't know if anybody else did the same thing I did, but, you know, I ate dinner. I watched the end of the Washington and Dallas game, and, and then I went to bed, actually, like 8 o'clock, <laughs> because there was no football on, and I was full, and I was tired, and there was no reason to stay up. So it was kind of sad for me to not have a Thanksgiving night football game. But that's 2020 for you. And, and along with that, you know, COVID problems might even get this game canceled altogether. We'd have to see that. Yeah. Uh, they've pushed it all the way back to Tuesday now, but people are still testing positive on both teams with Mark Andrews, I saw the news of him testing positive this morning. And I saw James Conner tested positive for the Steelers yesterday. So what do you think the odds are of this game being played on Tuesday? And what exactly happens if it doesn't? Well, we know what happens if it doesn't. The NFL has to expand the playoff, and which would put your Chicago Bears right in the mix of getting that spot. So that's very exciting. And then another another piece we saw happened within that was you know Lamar Jackson getting the virus pretty close coming to the actual kickoff honestly what maybe Wednesday or even maybe early Thursday we got that news but just I mean there's a lot of this this game is not going to be played at full strength and it is a division game and you want it played at full strength because these are both very exciting teams but I don't see it happening now and I Really, it's not going to be as fun of a show to watch on Tuesday to see what happens because, you know, like you said, James Conner's not going to play. You said Mark Andrews, Lamar Jackson won't be able to play come Tuesday. So you're missing out on a lot of these stars. So that's something the NFL yeah. needs to consider. And, and more people might even test positive between now and then. We'll see. Like a lot of the coaching staffs and, and you know, assistant coaches and stuff like that, they're testing positive too. It's just going to be, if it does get played, it's going to be by two teams, neither of which at full strength. The you know the the Ravens will be on RG three at quarterback because he's even Trace McSorley their their third stringer he tested positive too so you know they're down to one quarterback on the roster 
are down to a, they're missing a lot of skilled players on both sides of the ball. I mean, and the Steelers, the Steelers are winning just because they have less people that have tested positive. If this game gets played on Tuesday, that's just how it's gonna, that's just how it's going to go. And another. And, uh... and, and another thing to think about with those, and we're seeing it with the Denver Broncos, is close contacts also being, you know, at, at high, if it's considered high risk, you're basically considered you already tested for the virus. You know, you have to be in isolation for at least some portion of time away from the team. I think both, I don't think either of these teams are even practicing right now because of all the high, high COVID cases. So it's, it's really starting to disrupt these uh, teams and these, you know, units that have to work with each other because especially for, like I said, the Broncos, they don't even have a quarterback who's going to play yeah, in I an know, NFL football game. I know, for, I know for the Ravens, their practice facility won't open again until tomorrow unless, you know, more people continue to test positive today in which they'll have to push it back even further. I have no idea about the Steelers. But, yeah, what you said about the Broncos – Jeff Driscoll, their backup quarterback, testing positive, and now all of a sudden, because at one point in time they weren't wearing masks, either in a meeting or on the field or something like that when they were practicing, they got no quarterbacks this week against a very good, you know, New Orleans Saints team. And, and what do you do? What do you do if you're the Broncos? Looks like they've resorted to putting their third string, you know, wide receiver from the practice squad at quarterback this week because he had a little bit of experience there in in college, but. You know, it's just it's coming down to the point where it's starting to get a little ridiculous with them not being able to have any quarterbacks and, and all of that stuff this week. Well, certainly ridiculous from the point of we're really going to have them go out there and play with no with no quarterback. Like there, nobody really. I mean, there's the kid played quarterback for a little bit of time in college. I mean, you're talking about him suiting up in an NFL football game. That's a very unrealistic task to, for him to go out there and succeed. I mean, I say, if you don't have him in fantasy, I'd say you should pick him up. He's going to run the ball a lot. He might throw it a little bit. We'll see what happens with the Broncos. But, but yeah, no, it's it's it is kind of it's getting getting, getting to the point where it's kind of a joke with uh, how some of this COVID stuff is going and having some of these teams play. I know you were a big proponent of, you know, at least when it came to college, not having the season played at all. But you're starting to see it. You're starting to see it come down in both college and the NFL, just making it really tough to uh, play some football, at yeah. least as of late. And for college football, we saw, we did see, you know, Ryan Day, Ohio State head coach, and Nick Saban for Alabama both test positive. So we are seeing it in in the NCAA, like you said. And we are, this is a big problem across a lot of different sports. I mean, pretty much everywhere you look, it's being affected by COVID because the virus is starting to spread more now that it's getting colder and things like that. So it's something to look out for. For, for sure. But while we were talking about college football, can we can we jump back into college football just a little bit while we were while we were on that topic? Yeah, just go for ahead. A few minutes here. Uh, I just want to talk about with with you know Ryan Day, Ohio State having testing positive, having to cancel their game. They're now on the fringe for being able to qualify for a Big Ten championship game because they they might not get to the point where they've played enough games because they've already had one canceled against Maryland due to a uh, positive test within the Terrapins program. And now with their program having to cancel their game against Illinois this past weekend, uh, what would it mean? And this is going to be a bigger question. What, what would it mean for the Big Ten in general if Ohio State was not able to, you know, make it to, to the Big Ten championship game? Because you'd see teams like Indiana make it to the Big Ten championship game. You'd probably see a team like Northwestern who lost last night. But both of these teams have losses. If Ohio State's not able to make it to the Big Ten championship game because of a lack of games played, would we even see a Big Ten team in the college football playoff this year? 
Well, without Ohio State getting the opportunity to go to the college football playoff, that would be a big problem. They're obviously in big question of even getting to qualify for the Big Ten championship, like you said. But if this is an undefeated football team and they've dominated everyone, I see no reason they shouldn't go to the college football playoff. I mean, even though they don't win the Big Ten because they didn't play enough games, we know they're still better than any team in the Big Ten on any given day. It really doesn't matter because it's Ohio State. I mean, we know who this team is. They're led by Justin Fields, who's arguably the best QB in college football. Ryan Day has done an exceptional job in just dominating the Big Ten since he's been there. And have they played a close game yet this year? I don't believe so. They played Indiana. Indiana was close. Indiana might have been close, but that's probably the second best team in the Big Ten, honestly, with Northwestern falling to Michigan State yesterday. I'd yeah, say. I'd agree. So, I mean, it but does. I'm just saying, what, what do you do with a team like Ohio State who might play, you know, six games, and then a team like, you know, go undefeated, play six games, not qualify for the Big Ten championship, uh, you know, play like one close game against another ranked opponent and that kind of stuff, not qualify for the Big Ten championship. But what do you do with them? And then you have, you know, BYU who might play 10, 11 games, go undefeated, and, you know, have a better, you know, resume, I'd say maybe even, than, than Ohio State at this point because they've played so many games, they've blown everybody out. And you just look across college football, and I mean, there's there's plenty of, of things you can draw here. You know, you've been undefeated Alabama. They'd make the playoff. Notre Dame. It's going to be a one. You probably have a one-loss Clemson team to Notre Dame. They'd make the playoff. Mm-hmm. Then you have a one-loss Notre Dame team with their only loss coming to Clemson in what will probably be the ACC championship game. They probably have to make the playoff. So what do you do with that fourth team? You, I'm not sure if you can give it to a six and zero, you know. Ohio State team over somebody else. Well, one problem you, know, you get a Florida running. team who has one loss, and you look at them; they might be more qualified than than Ohio State if Ohio State only plays six games and is not able to make it to their conference championship. And another thing, we're getting we're getting uh, you know a lot less games, especially when it comes time to college football playoff picking. Is you know you're looking at the Pac-12; they really haven't played a lot of games. You know USC's undefeated, but they're only three and zero. So that side's going to be really interesting to look at as well. And I don't have all the answers to these questions. I, I will be honest. Because, no, I wasn't expecting you to. <laughs> because it is a very complicated thing, and we don't really have any historic thing to base this off of because this is such a weird thing. We've always known college football to be 12 games. You know, you have four or five games that are pretty much easy wins over teams you're paying to beat. And then the rest are your conference games and you have your conference championships. But we don't have any of that, and it's all in jeopardy at any given moment, really. So this is just a weird season, and that was, yeah, that's pretty much it. That's, it's a, weird, it's a yeah. weird year. I say we get back to the NFL. We do the picks. I'll talk you through them if you're ready to go. Let's get it. So we already talked a little bit about our Thursday games between Houston beating Detroit and Washington beating Dallas. Did anything jump out off the page for those two games you know, for you? Antonio Gibson, you know, you and I had the fantasy trade. I traded you Austin Eckler, who is active this week for Antonio Gibson. I was happy he had the three TDs. First rookie to do that on Thanksgiving since Randy Moss did it in 1998. So also against the Cowboys. So tough luck for the Cowboys, honestly. Yeah, no, exciting. Washington played exceptionally well against the Cowboys. They had that awesome defensive touchdown by Montez Sweat. And I don't think it's a, I don't think, I mean, 
Anyway, it's anyone's division out there in the NFC East, but I don't think it's a hot take anymore to say that it might be Washington's division to lose. They look better than a lot of the other teams that they're playing out there. So I think Washington, at this point, I'm going to take Washington to come out of the NFC East. Okay. Uh, okay, let's get to today. Miami takes on the Jets uh, in New York. You know, I've got to go with Miami, but this is Adam Gase's kind of last uh, last hold here, so let's see what happens. I'm also going to take the Dolphins in that one. The Cardinals head up to New England to play the Patriots. I think I've got to go with New England. I like their matchup this week. I don't think – I think Kyler Murray in K1 and the rest of the squad is going to be halted by Bill Belichick. Belichick keeps it interesting in the AFC East. I'm going to say close game, but Cardinals win. Close game. Bill does not get blown out at home especially. So I'm going to say close game, but the Cardinals will take this one. Carolina travels up north to Minnesota to take on the Vikings. I've got Captain Kirk making it interesting in the in the NFC North. I think, it's, I think he gets it done today. Is Teddy Bridgewater playing today? Do you know? I do not know. Either way, I'll take the Panthers. Okay, okay. Uh, I'll take the Panthers in Without this Christian one. McCaffrey. They're going to run the ball. Mike Davis is going to play uh, well. Chris McCaffrey's out today again, so Mike Davis is going to play well. And the Panthers will beat the Vikings. The Browns taking on the Jaguars in Jacksonville. The Browns. I've got to go with the Browns. Jacksonville dealing with injuries and just a rebuild in general. I am also going to take Baker and the Browns. Another good game at noon. This one between Indianapolis and Tennessee. They played the first time on Thursday Night Football. It was a great showing by Indianapolis. Will Tennessee bounce back and take this one? You know, I see the Colts. They just have their number, it seems like. I'm going to go with the Colts. I am going to take... The Titans. I'll take them again. I took them last time they played. I was wrong. I'm taking them this time. They won't get swept by the Colts this season and keep that division race interesting. Uh, the Giants taking on the Joe Burrowless Bengals uh, in Cincinnati. I've got the Giants taking this one. A lot of people have talked very highly on the Giants. Granted, I haven't watched them play much, but a lot of people are talking very high on them. Very exciting for them. And you know, I, I got to go with the Giants. Daniel Jones gets it done today. I'm also taking the Giants. I think without Joe Burrow, Cincinnati might lose the rest of their games this season. I don't think that they're going to be able to get it done without him. So I am going to take the Giants. The Chargers heading up to Buffalo to take on the Bills. Justin Herbert and Josh Allen going head-to-head. Hmm, I'm going to go with the Bills. I think that defense flusters them enough, but the Chargers could win with Eckler back. Yep, I think that once again it'll be another close game, but I think the Bills will take this one. Chargers probably losing by one score again. Uh, the Raiders heading down to Atlanta to take on the Falcons. We know on this show how you feel about the Atlanta Falcons. So what are we picking this week? The Falcons without Julio Jones. Find a way to get it done. Mark it in. Mark it in. Sometimes you just amaze me. I'm taking the Raiders in this one. Derek Carr keeps the, his foot on the gas as they try and, you know, continue to make up ground out there in the AFC. Uh, the 49ers traveling to L.A. to take on the Rams. Who'd you say travels to L.A.? San Francisco. Well, I've got a, 
I've got to go with the Rams in that one. I think Aaron Donald and Jalen, I've been picking them a lot. I see them really starting to make a push for winning that division, and it starts with beating the bottomless, or the bottom tier, I should say, (laughs) San Francisco 49ers, very banged up as well. Yep, I'm also taking the Rams. Agree with everything you said there in that one. Uh, next up, we have the game we talked a little bit about earlier. We got the Saints taking on the Broncos. I dare you to pick the Broncos. I dare you to pick the Broncos in this one with no quarterback. I got to pick the Saints. But they're also starting Taysom Hill at quarterback probably. So that is also not a quarterback. That is a gadget player. But he played very well last week. He, he shut some people up last week. I was, I was pretty, really that impressed. But, yeah, I'm going to have to pick the I Saints. Think- yeah, I'm going to take the Saints as well. Uh, I know your eyes will be on this one. you got uh, the Kansas City Chiefs heading down to Tampa to take on Tom Brady and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. What do you think will happen in this rematch between Patrick Mahomes and Tom Brady? Though the Chiefs secondary certainly has to play much better in this one than they played against the Las Vegas Raiders. I see the Chiefs still getting it done. Brady looked very poor against the Rams last time he let in his last outing through two really bad interceptions. So I see the Chiefs getting it done. I'm going to take Tom in this one. Tom shows up against the Chiefs. I'll take the Buccaneers in this one. They play well. Their wide receiving core is just a little bit too much for Kansas City's uh, defense to handle. I see a shootout in this one, though. I don't see much defense being played here. It surprised me. Uh, if that one was low scoring Sunday night. Now this one needs to be low scoring. The Chicago bears traveling to green Bay to take on the Packers. Hmm. You know, this is a tough one, but I think I'm going to have to go with Aaron Rodgers in this one. Money Mitch is back. Bears are taking this one in green Bay to uh, catch up. By the way, if the bears win this one, it puts them one game behind green Bay in the division race. Just yeah, huge, no, huge game. Loud. <laughs> Huge game. Just wanted to say that one out loud. Uh, Monday night, Seattle takes on Philadelphia. You said Philly and who? Seattle. I got to go with Seattle. But actually, yep. you know what? I'm going to go with Philly. I'm actually going to flip that and go with Philly. I think Jalen Hurts gets more snaps. He's going to energize the team. He's going to play that Nick Foles role for Carson Wentz that he always needs, and they're going to get it done. Nope, I'm taking the Hawks in the Battle of the Birds, uh, so I'm taking Seattle in this one. Uh, and then Tuesday, if it ends up getting played, we do have Baltimore, we do have Pittsburgh. You hear, you heard me already earlier on the show. Take Pittsburgh. So what do you th- what do you think? I'm probably going to take Pittsburgh without Lamar Jackson, Mister Action Jackson, the 2019 MVP. I don't think that they do very well. RG3, despite me wearing his jersey on Thanksgiving, I don't see him getting it done. Do we have time to go through moments upsets? Or yeah, yeah. Let's think? do it real quick. Let's do it. Do we do Thursday okay. night? You want give to do me, Thursday give me your night? Moment of the week, please. Okay. Mine, mine had to be when when Dwayne Haskins toward the end of the game, Alex Smith falls over on a QB scramble and he fell toward the the Washington sideline and Dwayne Haskins picks up Alex Smith. I think it was a great sportsmanship moment and great character display from Haskins doing that despite you know being benched for him and it not really working out there in Washington I just thought it was a great moment on Thanksgiving for him to show that support for his starting quarterback my 
moment of the week. I have two. One of them is just because we didn't have time to touch on it earlier. We have to touch on the fact that Sarah Fuller became the first woman to play uh, a snap of football in the Power Five conferences when she kicked off to start the second half against Mizzou. So we just have to say that that, that was very cool and all of that good stuff. We love to see that. And, uh, yeah, it'll be interesting to see if more schools follow suit with having more women in their football programs. We surely hope so. Uh, but secondly, we have Buffalo's roughing back, running back, Jarrett Patterson, tying the FBS record for eight touchdowns in a game with 409 rushing yards. That has to be my moment of the week. You don't see that every <laughs> Insane. week. So that that's, has to be my moment of the week. That's video game-like numbers. But for my upset Absolutely. of the week, I have Marquette, the basketball team, men's basketball team, taking and beating – the number seven Wisconsin Badgers on Friday. You won't want to miss that one. Uh, and then I've got the Bears over the Packers on Sunday Night Football. Bears on the road. It's changing quarterbacks. Uh, definitely an underdog in this one. I will take them uh, on Sunday night. And then my what to watch for this week has to be the Broncos at 3 o'clock. I mean, what are they going to come out in? How are they going to run their offense? It's going to be a complete disaster, I feel like. So I think you guys should tune into that one to supplement the Brady versus Mahomes matchup. And then my uh, what to watch for this week is if we get that Stevens, or Steelers and Ravens game played at all, because if we don't, the NFL playoffs will get expanded and will include my Chicago Bears, at least as of right now. So we need to take a look on if that game will be played and what the fallout is exactly if it doesn't get played. But that's all we got for this week, isn't it, Nick? Yes, sir, 100%. And that'll do it for this weekly walkthrough if you enjoyed it. This will be available on Spotify, a little reduced episode, but we will be back whole time next week. And that'll just about do it for your breakdown in sports. We hope you guys have a great rest of your week, and we will see you same time, same place.